Hi everyone, I'm Andy Moore, and this is episode 25 of Andy's Treasure Trove, the podcast where I share with you a wide-ranging array of interesting people in the arts and sciences, many of whom are friends of mine and or people I admire. This episode is going to be different than usual because um, instead of listening to me interviewing people, you're going to listen to 14 different poets simply reading their poems. Uh, well, not all at the same time, of course, though oh, that might be interesting. Well, anyway, I realized that I have at least 10 friends who are poets, some of them highly celebrated poets, and I had already recorded some of them reading their poetry. And then several other poet friends wrote new poetry for this show. Most of the poets you'll be hearing from are from California, and uh, I live in Arizona now where I know only two poets so far. And so I've also added several poets from this year's Tucson Poetry Festival, uh, which occurred a few weeks ago and was held online because of the current COVID crisis. You'll find a list of all the poets you'll be hearing today on andystreasuretrove.com, along with comprehensive information about each of them. But let me tell you a little bit about each of them now, and then we'll just start listening to their readings, going from poem to poem, with me only reminding you softly of their names before they read their poems. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about each of them now, and this will take a few minutes, or you can skip the introductions and get right into the poetry if you prefer. Starting us off will be Neil Harvey, reading his poem, Zoom Word. Neil has been a friend since our college days at UC San Diego, and he has since had a long career in radio, producing and hosting The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature, New Dimensions Radio, the California Indian Radio Project, and many other fine programs. Neil is also a filmmaker, painter, photographer, all-around creative guy, and the godfather of my ex-ward. Then we're going to hear from John Hammerbeck, who I've known since I was a child. He and his brother David and I used to record goofy audio dramas that we improvised. Maybe I'll play some of those for you in the future. John has been a featured artist at the Mess Hall Experimental Music Festival in Chicago. He has provided the sound for several short films, and he has also collaborated extensively with the aforementioned Neil Harvey on some amazing audio projects. John is also a real-life lawyer and lives in the greater Los Angeles area. He will be reading his poem, Accidental Droppings. David Hammerbeck is the brother of John Hammerbeck who is friends with Neil Harvey. Are you keeping track of these connections? Yeah, you don't need to. David has been a teacher, a writer, an actor, and a director all over the world, and he's appeared in films including a Batman film as Michelle Pfeiffer's father. David was also once a contestant on the game show Jeopardy, and he recently published a novel called After the Last Rites. He's also written other works, including a stage adaptation of Albert Camus' The Stranger. He now lives in the Bay Area with his wife, Devika, and two sons, Dev and Darwin. David will be reading his poem entitled, 4320. Next, Susan Thackray is a dear friend from my San Francisco years. She was one of the first students in the poetics program at New College, where she studied with Robert Duncan and Diane de Prima. Books of hers that are currently in print are Andalusia, Empty Gate, and George Oppen, A Radical Practice. Susan also works as a Jungian analyst in the C.G. Jung Institute of San Francisco, and she will be reading from her book, Andalusia, where she pairs her own translations of Spanish poems that originally were Arabic with her own original poems, which are responses to the Spanish translations. 
Ralph Gutlone, also known as Ralph Jack, attended Franconia College and has a graduate degree in creative writing from San Francisco State University. He is the author of The Hat, The Watch, and The Pen, and Traveling Close to Home. He has worked on a fishing boat in the Faroe Islands, owned an ice cream store in San Francisco, and he is currently a tax preparer in San Francisco, and a very good one, if I may say. Ralph will read his short poems, Acceptable Limits, Be Like Concrete, and At the Bottom of a Glance. Ken Paul Rosenthal is an internationally recognized independent filmmaker and educator, and guess what? He's a friend of mine too. He holds an MA degree in creative and interdisciplinary arts, as well as an MFA in cinema production. Ken has taught film as a means of cultivating personal vision and community in workshops and universities in North America and abroad. His recent documentary work explores the geography of madness through natural and urban landscapes, and he will read his poem, Where Icarus Flew. Cara Daddario Bone is a Philadelphia-based freelance writer and editor. She has performed at The Moth Grand Slam and is a Story Slam winner and her writing has been published in several literary journals. She holds a bachelor's degree in English and creative writing from the University of Pennsylvania, as well as an MBA from Villanova University. She's currently working on her first novel. Oh, and she's my niece. She read her poems, Graceland and Safety in Numbers, to me in Philadelphia many years ago when she was around 21. Waz Thomas is, or was, a yoga teacher, a disciple, a guru, an old friend of mine, and perhaps one of the most mysterious people I've ever known. He's also a talented visual artist, mainly working with collage, and a poet. He gifted me with a collection of recordings of him reading his short poems, and though I can't seem to locate him now, I thank him for those poems and wish him well. He'll be reading Falling Water, I Walk, I Stumble, I Fall, Susanville, and No. William Pitt Root is a new acquaintance of mine in Tucson. He grew up on his father's farm in Florida. Influenced by Langston Hughes and Wendell Berry, he composes expansive musical free verse poems that are politically engaged. He was the first poet laureate of Tucson, Arizona, and he has numerous published poetry collections. He is the poetry editor for the arts journal Cutthroat, a journal of the arts, and he'll read two short poems to us, Ways Water Has, and, for the kiddos, Ode to a Frog. Pam Ushuk is also a new poet friend in Tucson. She's a political activist and a wilderness advocate, and she's written six books of poems, including Crazy Love, winner of a 2010 American Book Award. Her work has been translated into more than a dozen languages and appears in over 300 journals and anthologies worldwide. Pam is editor-in-chief of Cutthroat, a journal for the arts, and she teaches at the University of Arizona Poetry Center and at Ghost Ranch. She's the first of the five poets from the Tucson Poetry Festival 2020 that we'll hear from, and she'll read her poems Green Flame and Cracking 100. Bojan Lewis is the author of a poetry collection called Currents, which received a 2018 American Book Award. And he wrote the nonfiction chapbook, Troubleshooting Silence in Arizona. 
He is an assistant professor in the Creative Writing and American Indian Studies programs at the University of Arizona, and he'll be reading Puzzle 8. Diana Maria Delgado is the author of Tracing the Horse, a New York Times new and noteworthy selection. She's the recipient of numerous grants, including a fellowship from the National Endowment for the Arts. She's a graduate of UC Riverside and Columbia University, and she currently resides in Tucson, where she's the literary director of the Poetry Center at the University of Arizona. Diane will read, The kind of light I give off isn't going to last. Some guy I liked who dated strippers. And who makes love to us after we die? Sylvia Chan is from the San Francisco Bay Area, where she performed as a jazz pianist. She now lives in Tucson, where she teaches in the writing program at the University of Arizona. She's the nonfiction editor at Entropy, and she serves as a court advocate for foster kids here in Pima County. Her debut poetry collection is called We Remain Traditional, and her essays appear in Prairie Schooner, The Rumpus, and The Best American Non-Required Reading 2019. For us, she'll be reading Personal Concept. Finally, we'll hear from Sean Avery, a rapper, poet, and teaching artist from Avondale, Arizona. Avery's work has been featured in Afropunk, Blavity, the 2016 Wisconsin Film Festival, and the 2019 Chicago Hip Hop Theater Festival. An alumnus of the University of Wisconsin-Madison with a BA in English Creative Writing, Sean received the nation's only full-tuition hip-hop and spoken word scholarship. Currently, Sean teaches throughout the Phoenix Valley at schools and nonprofits while performing a hip-hop play and album called Skinny Book, spelled S-K-I-N-N-Y-B-L-K, nationwide. Sean will read his poems, Genius, and How to Make Mumble Rap. Let's begin. Neil Harvey. Zoom word. Thank you all. I hung on to every Zoom word, but every Zoom word was blurred, a smear of sound. So I watched frustration with technology, then fear of missing gems and gratitude that I could at least be connected at all. Then noted the hunger to be with you all, longing for this sangha, for this dharma conversation. Then noticing my craving to speak, trying, but not possible. The barrier swirling, perhaps like being in another bardo realm, voices through water, energy scattered in cross-currents, then coming together again, then scattering. Then noticed that riding the mere music of the exchanges, tones of your voices, was warming. Mere music? No. Wondrous in itself. The smear, too, an expression of enlightened intent? Then I would hear Elaine clearly, and the soft, expanded awareness would come in tight for close-up attention again, engaging, focused, conceptual mind, words. Oh, I want this. 
Ooh, I have a thought to share. And I pushed a button to reach you, and a recording of a kind woman repeated every four seconds, press star six to mute or unmute. Press star six to mute or unmute. Press star six to mute or unmute. I did. Hello? Hello? The music flowed on. My instrument vibrating this air only. My rock in the stream dissolving. So outside I walked for better contact, better signal, into the night, under the dove who sits on the wire every evening watching us solo, still watching. And up the street, past our working-class modular homes, big trucks out front, all shaded under grandmother desert trees. But blur again, under the sky, the smearing of dear voices down a white wire to my head, grasping at it, painful. Allowing the smear, easy breeze, soundtrack to the road beneath these shoes and the pillar rocks looming above to the west. We are music? Laughter at the end. Can Neil hear us? Hello, hello, I'm here. No. Star Six perhaps pushed the wrong way. Or Cape Canaveral is using Sedona bandwidth tonight. Or Havasupai are purifying the digital planes with their prayers. The groan of disappointment at Neil's missingness was so sweet. So back to my heart, wanting the best for each of us. The thought that from Dharmakaya view an impersonal radiance ever emanates. The sun shining, but not towards specific targets. Shining, because that is what it does. Is shining. Soft-focused. Everywhere. Flying together. This little bird, not so well in formation tonight, but happily a bird. Happily a bird with a welcome flock to fly in and out of. Perhaps we are more blurry than not, dust on our eyes. But sharing the blurry is comforting, plenty rich. The Buddha wouldn't want to miss this. Alan, integrating from retreat, noticing the pace of this urban life. Laura with a new man and watching the sweet sensations of it rise and dance. Ted, doing well and imparting sweet Dharma wisdom music with accent from our deep home blood. Elaine, walking beside her confused kin in airports, basking in Tara frog teachings and bringing giggles to the blur sound circle. Me, cheering behind the screen for the quickening fuel of relationship, welcoming vividly aware pleasure and contemplating the equanimity that would infuse this embodiment into a trackless traveler, invisible to Mara, beyond suffering, and fully juicy, fully feeling, fully human, and as yet fully alive. John Hammerbeck Kerouac, Snyder, and Pound speak Palimpsest abounds, droppings of the mind paste upon the life collage.
Subterranean news missives direct the sojourn. From Catalan Calles to Florentine frescoes. Directed by unconscious compulsion. The divins bounds cantos. Gaudi and Picasso slice the palate with flavor and fuel. Barrio Gothic winds the mine's tunnels. With gigantic crews moorings, presaging pandemic panicked pause, the Mediterranean glimmer suggests the respite. The road through the Pyrenees obscures the future. The Neoplatonic epics, captured from El Cid's Moorish preservation, wafting northeastern through Latin Catalonic conversion, urging the subliminal myth wispings from homeric housing the rhone delta of the camargue with wide shores of masterful beasts they provide glimpse of natural existence once serene and the provencal pleasings sung by minstrels so sweet take the old memories and staff in staccato beat as measures of rulers quite ancient stride and capture the cathars Languedoc calls with heat and hidden mounts. Capal captivity ensnares Clement and Boniface in their palatial parlors as punt crossings and Rhone currents meander through vine hills. The Rhone-wide shores and Provencal melodies are the implicate order for Tiresias and Cassandra in Pythagorean communiques. Long buried and altered from distant Pharaonic in Hermes' truths, only to make the long journey from Saharan sands to Iberian locusts, and then to the land of the Rhone and the Mistral, the equine, the Avon and Taurian strengths and body, the tales of the progenitors of classicism, cuneiform, hieroglyphics, water and song, the paste of the dropping, catching the myth and the mists, and transforming them by honey. Ronal wide shores shift energy and thought. The salt marshes and water lap at the penale. Mistral winds whip the fervor of the frank and push the story eastward toward Tuscan tunnel totems. Florence and Boccaccio and Dante. Through poem and through epic, the Poseidon reigns supreme. But the Provencal heat and gusts lead the way as the transformative mists ease back through Mediterranean ways. X was the outpost of times long ago, the province of Rome. It becomes the repository of the boomerang of the ages. David stands guard over the army of heads. Leonardo blurs the lines to move the power pulse, the vanishing point, circumstances. Correspondences, pieces, as above, so below. By the hermetic seal and a good Brunello, you're growing old with sorrow. You're growing fat with sin, as in Athens. Once I stood on the Luberon Massif, looking toward the source, looking for the grief. David Hammerbeck. Four three twenty. Somehow, these same four walls, metaphorically speaking, of course, don't look so bad after eighteen days. 
Old acquaintances speak from the shelves, a polyphony of voices. Serographs, framed, five of them. Big Sur coastline, etched behind skeletal branches, olive, dusty oaks, speckled against tawny midsummer hills. Gnarled eucalyptus, hallucinogenic teardrops swirling fog, a crane in profile, balanced, thin branch, Japanese watercolor. And burnished oak armoire. Our little family of four, its fourth generation. But the air now possesses an extra palpable dimension. Uncertainty, dread, blow with the wind. Our world connected by both the idea of the virulent and its reality. Moving across the world at 2,000 megabytes per second. The world has grown quiet. I used to, on Sunday evenings, when admiring the brown East Bay Hills turn orange in the setting sun, be able to see half a dozen big airliners, landing lights on, queued up for arrival at SFO. But this evening, clouds clearing, nary a plane in sight. Wild turkeys strut through downtown parking lots. Wild pigs make their rounds through suburban streets. Streaming services and Clorox stock rake it in. But where will we be in two weeks? Enter a new era, if we are still here to witness it. Susan Thackray. The farewell. This is the translation. When on the morning they left, we said farewell, full of sadness for the coming absence. I saw the backs of the camels, the palanquins they traveled in. They were as beautiful as moons, covered by golden veils. Beneath the veils, the scorpions of their tears crept over the roses of their fragrant cheeks. They are scorpions that do not injure the cheek which they mark. They instead, they sting the heart of the sad lover. And my poem. How do you know the heart of the moon? Perhaps there is one kind of time always restoring her bright face to perfect bloom, another eating her fragrant heart in grief. A poem called Morning, M-O-U-R-I-N-G, Morning in Al-Andalus, and Al-Andalus is, of course, the Arabic name for it. If white is the color of morning clothes in Al-Andalus, it is a good thing. Don't you see me, who has dressed myself in the whiteness of my white hair, because I am in mourning for my youth. And I called this poem Alba, which is traditionally a song at dawn. In all Andalus, it is our custom to wear white in mourning, remembering the white dawn when lover was parted from her beloved. Your white hair, old poet, is not worn in mourning for your youth, but revelation of the secret of our brightening embrace.
the walnut. It is a this is the translation. It is a covering formed at two pieces joined together so that it is beautiful to see. They look like eyelids when they are closed in sleep. If a knife splits it, you would say it is the pupil of an eye whose effort to see pushes it into a convex shape. And you could compare the inside to an ear because of its convolutions and crannies. I called my response eyelid. Cleave what was closed in sleep reveal the waking sense, leave me to rise, to dress in the crimson petals scattered across the floor. La Luna. The moon is like a mirror whose quicksilver has been misted over by the sighs of young girls. And the night is clothed with the light of her lamp like the black ink is clothed, clothed by the white paper. And my response, look how my illusions illuminate my night. And then as the moon begins to reappear, where object touches Mirror, image disappears. Ralph Gutlone. Acceptable limits. Walking along a worn route, nature overtakes you, quells miasmas in the bristling scape of familiar twigs. Grace is not gratitude. Grace is understanding that what is not fragile is not live. Be like concrete. Learn to listen. Pumpkins have full lives outside the tragic homes of the striving lot that run the mean world. Don't forget to throb, small bulbless afternoon. Sensitivity is rarely a good thing. Get rashes from ordinary foods, blow up over nothing, care about things that don't matter. Don't forget to throb, small bulbous afternoon. At the bottom of a glance. A road is noticed by things along its side. The dead raccoon, paper cups and fast food wrapping, strewn in the brambles down the ravine. Against the steep canyon, Rodents split the grasses, sky and wind fill the surface. Beneath the ground, the ancient lake, an empty town. Souls that were not expecting immortality, and those that were. Ken Paul Rosenthal Where Icarus flew I stood on the bridge, I howled at the stars, Tried to deposit my madness in a bank of fog. Tried to navigate between my brilliance and my blues. In the space where Icarus flew. In the space where Icarus flew. I'm porous and plastered and split to the core. I'm wired to the manic static. I've hit transparent doors. 
I lingered in the labyrinth cause I didn't have a clue. In the space where Icarus flew. In the space where Icarus flew. They say you've got to write or be written upon. Seems no one can read me. Seems I've become withdrawn. I broke the holy tablets that cure was much too cruel. In the space where Icarus flew. In the space where Icarus flew. I walk into the fire, I run from the rain. The world says I'm crazy, but the world's insane. Wings of wax can melt, and wings can be renewed. In the space where Icarus flew. In the space where Icarus flew. Gravity, gravity, pounding on trees. I'll unscrew this downward spiral with the tools God's given me. With a pen and a paintbrush and a map that I drew in the space where Icarus flew, in the space where Icarus flew. The eye of a hurricane is blind to its limbs. No medicine can levy the storms that swell within. Got to roll with the tide, got to rise with the moon, in the space where Icarus flew, in the space where Icarus flew. My candle burns at both ends. It will not last the night. It waxes as it wanes, although it gives a lovely light. Crooked and beautiful, it's just my flickering mood. In the space where Icarus flew. 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 Caridadario Bone. Graceland. My friend has cancer, so I'm driving to Graceland. I don't believe in God anymore, just rock and roll, that skin-pulsing Memphis beat and driving 85 on asphalt. I'm taking up with a band of fanatics dressed like the king, but even the almighty saint of the jailhouse died on the pooper. Immortality doesn't come to America's heartland. Tonight I will park my Chevy at the Heartbreak Hotel and make love to a guy wearing blue suede shoes because I am one mean hunk of burning love. I'm going to take the platinum tour, greasy burger in hand, and slurp up a cold one from Presley's fridge. Inside the white-columned house, I'll dance with Priscilla on the dining room table, press my bare feet against mahogany, scream up to the chandelier. She understands we are women who have lost. There she is now, whispering in my ear, offering me ten peanut butter and banana sandwiches, asking me why I still smoke and don't eat green vegetables. She wants the reasons why I have left. Suspicious that my conscience has found me, I'll run out the door into the balmy Tennessee night. It will chase me like a hound dog I'll lose at the state border when my legs are dust and my heart is aching. I'll strip off my clothes and make my home the desert. Here I'll wait for the rain to come. Safety in Numbers There is a reason why geese fly V-form above wheat fields in autumn dusk. It is because loneliness is a very unsafe place. Nocuous is the word I think of as I recognize you in a Chelsea coffee shop and mount my defense. Right now, I need a battalion with heavy artillery to burst out of the espresso machine and obliterate our memories so I can order a non-fat extra foam latte in peace. My guys are equipped to launch rockets into our weekends at the beach house and pop grenades into all the martinis sipped between your apartment and mine. I want them to hold hostage those windows open, music blasting, eating very bad takeout kind of summer nights. And everyone would raise arms the day we stopped knowing each other. The day I could pass you on the E-train going downtown and only care that I don't see a rat before I can finish my breakfast. I've built a bunker behind my local barista. When your only friends are the one trillion light bulbs in Times Square, you are well acquainted with darkness. There is only one condiment kiosk in this entire store, 
and we were both advancing forward towards the sugar substitute. I propaganda my life into some dazzling party, but who really cares anyway? A small orphan child places a bouquet against the relationship Kremlin that holds all our dates. And as I push open that heavy store door, I hope silently that you do not play trumpets in your victory or send a thousand red balloons into the sky. Was Thomas. Falling water. Up on New Green Mountain, all this great water falling down. Water that moves over and in, out and through. Water that drives its own course, indifferent to ways predestined, independent of geo charts or hiker's mind. Straddling a fast-running jubilant stream, balanced on moss, moist stones, I consider this perplexing matter of blissful babies being born and so many sweet friends dying. Up on New Green Mountain, all this great water falling down, falling down. I walk, I stumble, I fall. I walk, I stumble, I fall. I walk, I stumble, I fall. I crawl. Susanville. A large cadmium yellow sign looms over the Lassen Mall in downtown Susanville, California. In bold block letters, it boasts Big Sale Wood Pellets, $159 a ton. Down the street at Jerry's restaurant, a white and black patrol vehicle is parked in the handicap space. Inside, two young officers down steaming coffee while flirting with Ted, the third shift waiter. The sidewalks are deserted. Cars that pass in the night have no drivers, no destination, no signals to turn. In our budget motel room, the plastic walls click and clank. The plumbing pipes whisper in bad Mandarin until dawn. My bed has a mattress which is neither too firm or soft, and in fractured sleep I dream that I am floating on a mattress which is neither too firm or soft in a budget motel room not far from the Lassen Mall in downtown Susanville, California. No. No world power, no vast turbulent regions, no distance is too far, no deep in the heart of Texas, no TKOs, no things to see and do. 
No softly muffled cries, no duty of water, no corn or trees, but people galore, no bow down, bow down, bow down. No reaching for the stars, no fear stuffed lovers, no nigger lovers, no Ramadan, no blessed relief, no need to even tell me. No coins, no crosses, no crowns, no creamy, dreamy milkshakes. No prognosis, no probable cause, no second thought, no first iris of spring, no sea of pain. No jumping overboard, no pigeons flew today, no belly of the well, no pets, no boy, girl, boy, girl. No stark reality of death, no mindlessness, no beautiful black sisters, no golden years of feeble regret. No doubt you are right, no Xanadu. No time to get a good grip, no chance to be what you want it to be. No, you can't do that. No way, no was. No was. William Pitt Root Ways water has. It always moves and pleases me. These ways the ocean has with walls of adamant, urgent and lavish, restless as the moon, persistent as darkness. Even the lesser wave, as it meets stone, breaks into brilliance, and that fluent whisper riotous in a graceful rush of foam. And look, see how these reefs admit and shed what washes over them, resisting and absorbing in a single stance the myriad approaches of the sea and how carelessly the simple water fondles, shocks, and undermines the fundamental granite, touch by touch. That innocent reduction of the upright cliff to puffs and swirls of dust, the wingbeat of the least seabird can scatter. May I know a woman who has known the sea, Ode to a Frog Your singing sounds like burping from the back row in a class of reeds and mud. Your skin wrinkles greenly over your bones like spinach being stretched over a baseball. Legs like a kangaroo spring you to the moon where it ripples in the center of the pond. Here is what your love songs sound like. You're ugly. I love you. You're ugly. I love you. Pam Ashuk. Green Flames. Slender as my ring finger, the female hummingbird crashed into plate glass, separating her and me before we could ask each other's name. Green flame, she launched from a dead eucalyptus limb. Almost on impact, she was gone. Her needle beak opening twice, 
to speak the abrupt language of her going, taking in the day's rising heat as I took one more scalding breath, horrified by death's velocity, too weak from chemo not to cry for the passage of her emerald shine, I lifted her weightlessness into my palm. Morning doves mourned, who, who, oh, who, while her wings closed against the tiny body, sky would quick forget as soon as it would forget mine. Cracking 100. Near the border, preschoolers worry about butterflies. How can they fly over the wall? 20 feet tall, thick steel plates would sear delicate wings. And lizards, miss, how can they get through? Small fingers draw orange wings, crashing into steel. Lizards hanging their blue heads. Y el tigre severing ancient migration paths, the wall will ensure the jaguar's end. Just after Cinco de Mayo, daytime temps crack the knuckles of 100, 10 degrees above normal. No wall can stop rising heat, the death of coral reefs, or the governor calling the National Guard to secure the border. In holding cells, children separated from deported parents wait for a future no one can predict. And in the San Joaquin Valley, strawberries and tomatoes rot in the fields. Farmers wonder where the pickers have gone. Immaculate in his Armani suit, the president tweets for congressional support to build his wall, calls for a prayer meeting in the Oval Office. You can hear Bible hymns hum behind bulletproof doors across the lush White House lawn, where monarch butterflies who've migrated all the way from Mexico land on bright rose petals, tended by hands the same color as earth that nourishes them. Bojan Lewis. Huzzle eight. In the PICU, the bow of my right shoelace falls out, linoleum dragged. In the PICU, I count two minutes between cries for sucrose-coated pacifiers, five for an occluded TPN, 15 for low oxygen plinth waves, every four hours Presidex, sponge baths daily. Seven translucent tubes tunnel, one bilious remover, another a respirator shushing the minutes and hours and cc's of weeks we've measured life by. Seated next to a phalanx of infusers reading Bulgakov, disheartened by ingredients needed for a vampire named Drink, a pandemic exacts itself outside. Our hair thickens, curls and myth in isolation, migraine cries muted with sugar water. Saguaros beyond the window glass ignore us, millimeters by millennia. 1980, I grew the decade with my mother wired and incision stitched. That I'm ineffective against your hunger, I tire, spiral inward toward indifference. Once, I disappeared to Philadelphia, left for the funeral of my only grandma, returned to a single accomplishment, roof repair during earthquake, green swirling skies. 
nothing much matters other than you're here, the week's week, rubberized beds and other units, stripped of sheets, you sleep and I see you. Diana Maria Delgado. The kind of light I give off isn't going to last. There should be somewhere to put the heart when it dies. If only I can hear you opening again a flower, but nothing is ever real. Everything dies. The heart of a woman shuts so tight when pierced it waters. I was jealous. His girlfriend had horses. And what girl doesn't want to come home and ride horses? The wind said you'd fly back, but men grow damage from cutting vines that blossom in the dark. I know what you want, a burial inside me. Have you ever opened an apricot warm by the sun and found worms? Some guy I liked who dated strippers. You have sleep in your eyes as we climb the hill to the Sheraton Hotel and your mini truck. The golf course glistens on both sides and we sit beneath an oak tree. When you grab my hand, every hormone bothers me. You're not my tomorrow. It's 3 a.m. The sprinklers turn on and your jacket is covered in watery diamonds. Who makes love to us after we die? I turn on the radio and hear voices. Girls becoming women after tragedy. Talk about dreams. His heart was covered in a thin shell the color of moon, and when touched, I'd grow old. The best movies have a philosophy. Dorothy, after being subjected to girl-on-girl -girl violence, is rescued. Someone hanged himself on that set. A man who loved but couldn't have a certain woman. Management claimed it was a bird. The best movies begin with an encounter and end with someone setting someone free. In Coppola's Dracula, the camera chases women across a garden until they kiss. The man I loved after many years asked me to choke him in bed so that later, cleaning the kitchen cabinet, I found a recipe he'd carved into the wood and I had a hard time believing him. Sylvia Chan. Personal concept. In the rehab waiting room, Adam sometimes asked them, ah, one person, one name, cracks his knuckles, apologizes deeply for the car accident. Heck on Nifon, heck toy. The man who did you wrong, my mother called it. The stepfather's plot the child abuser, the sheer luck of being beside Adam when he drove into the dark-haired woman, may she rest in peace. I know the employability of my reconstructed hand, the thrill of anger in my arm. No need to temper the pain, it's only my body. When I write the unforgivable, the songs are the sensitive part of my body. Simulated sunlight I'll drink at night my belly will head straight for the impulse to peer into windows, a private insecurity. I'll drink chicory at dusklight and come morn, my ears will cull the coon songs that suture Betsy's lyricism. 
a dark transcription of prideful racism. Your fingers transcribe dozens and dozens of pop songs whirring through your brain. You're writing enough for the both of us. I tap, I'm a hustling coon to slow you down. Don't be racist, you say. Why would you write such derogatory music? In pieces, Freud's Satay wrote, cold, crooked dances, his predilection for ragtime. I believe the composer had to preface his own sadness or at least leave his room. My hand can match slivers of metal and 16 stitches, but there are other complications. And the man with the green eyes like mica chips, Adam who did me wrong, asks if he can see me. He says, I remain beautiful regardless of the accident. Violence always has to preface beauty. You hated that I wasn't wearing gloves all the time, that in this world of shame and counterfeit music, I'd rather see the man who almost killed me than you. Transcribe, shame's counterpoint, or praise, 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 shove me into a think tank. The next time I hear of him, it's in news articles and the commemoration service. His Facebook says to wear a smile all the time, like this would prevent his first degree murder. Then you say your hand feels better without him, but I'll never forget my first love. Must feel like satay tapping on every 13 white keys to nine black, but my hand will never again hold a glass of whiskey. Adam, what damage I'll temper the world the world will shudder back long after bullets have been pumped into our bodies. Sean Avery. There's no limit to what you can do and so much brilliance credited to you who calculated the distance between a gas giant and one of its moons who sewed and embroidered the flag of a nation built on your servitude, who led a party for self-defense against the country's counterintelligence and raised your own children and their children and sold children or family was sold children. Your Ashanti's full as blood moons like running enslaved people past marshlands of gunmen and swamplands of hungry dogs by mapping out constellations, who works a fourth of the week and still takes loans from the bank using your own savings to ensure your daughter gets a college diploma and if you never reared a child or saved a life or saved a home, you would still be glorious alive as your feet when your song plays daily you find a way to reinvent joy you are the best things about summer days sunlight warm as syrup splashing up water at sunset with someone you love how to make a mumble rap Turn up gunshots, plug in Melodyne, bridge the noise between being shot and discovering the wound, capture a dope boy's ambition with 808 drums, 
remember someone died for these six teens. Introduce the verse with tire screeches. Build brand new, fresh out the box kicks. Smoke before and after for inspiration. Study sirens as one studies symphonies. Record kitchen appliances for snares. Sample local evening news. 14 shot in 48 hours. Notorious downtown drug house shut down. Lay the hook like a trap. Once heard, no escape. Test the track at a strip club. Test the track again at another strip club. Add the producer's track. YouTube search how to make hi-hat triplets. Make a SoundCloud account. Upload weekly. Watch a docu-series on crack cocaine in Atlanta. Blast the master track. Remember 25 to life without parole is the minimum sentence for those who are arrested living this song. Lastly, visit any university. Peep what's blaring from a white kid's car window as they drive by. If it's not playing there, start over from the top. Thank you, Sean, and all 14 poets. As for myself, I'm not really a poet, but I have come up with a verse or two for birthdays and other special occasions. So to end the episode on an Andy note, here are a couple of my little verses for special occasions. This one, you have to know, was for the engagement party of a young couple named Pam and Alex. And it goes like this. There once was a young girl named Pam, a miss who wished she was a ma'am. She met a smart Alex. He suggested italics. And soon we will call her Madame. And I wrote this one on the occasion of my partner Jack's birthday. We're all here for merriment and celebrating, for a guy so sterling that he needs no silver plating. He is so old now that when he furrows his brow, they don't card him, they use carbon dating. So that gives you an idea of my literary aspirations, and uh, I hope you enjoyed all the real poets on my show. And I want to thank all of them again, and I want to remind you to read all about them in detail on andystreasuretrove.com. Special thanks also to Melanie Madden, the executive director of the Tucson Poetry Festival. She gave me permission to use the recording of this year's festival, and she put me in touch with all of the poets to get their permission too. To Melanie and the Tucson Poetry Festival poets, thanks, and I hope to meet you someday. Now, as always, I ask you listeners to please help me lift this show of mine out of total obscurity by sharing it as widely as you can, either by using any of the handy buttons on the episode pages of antistreasuretrove.com or just by copying the URL for an episode into Facebook or some other social network or an email to a friend who's a poet who might like one of my various, yes, various and sundry podcast episodes. I ask you also, please, to leave comments on my website or on iTunes. I agree with Andy. Thanks very much. All rights reserved, Andy Moore.